My son Theseus, he said, and knotting the long reins of his chariot round his waist, he whipped up his horses to a gallop. It was all his outriders could do to catch up with him. To Athens, my lord? Not this road for Athens, surely. No, to Corinth. I must see Medea the sorceress. For the magic of a son, Aegeus would have ridden to the pit of the sea and pried it from the tendrils of an octopus. He would not have cared if the sorceress Medea lived in the heart of a volcano and was as ugly as a sloth. Aegeus had never seen her, and he was prepared for almost any sight, except for the one he saw. Medea lived in a tower of pink stone, and her hair was braided with silver. Her white gown was tinged with the colors of sunset, and her hands were as white as the long wing feathers of a flying swan. She greeted Aegeus as though all her life had been spent waiting for him, and she gave him cakes and perfumed wine and the marinated meat of turtle doves. And what service can I do for my lord Aegeus to bring him joy? The king asked at once for the magic that would give him a son and heir. I have a thousand pieces of gold to pay you, but if you need more, I can pay you in yearly tributes of cattle and sheep and white ground flour. Medea held up her hand and smiled. You are welcome to my magic, my lord, more than welcome. All I ask is a welcome in your house, if ever I should come to Athens. Now, show me yourself. Aegeus shuffled his feet awkwardly, spread his arms, and looked down at the floor, blushing. He felt a shabby sort of a king, traipsing his dirt into the rosy drapery of her chamber, His sandals were white with dust, his tunic was sweaty, his breastplate was covered in fingerprints. He leaped backward as she suddenly flung a chalice of wine against his chest. It trickled down his armor, through his clothing, and dripped off his large kneecaps. Listen, King Aegeus, the very next time you hold a woman in your arms, she will bear you a son. Oh, Medea, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm so very sorry I'm dripping on your rug. Indeed, he was not sorry. He would willingly have stood and dripped on her rug forever. Because the longer he looked at Medea, the more beautiful she seemed. His body leaned forward from the ankles, his hands lifted from his side, He took one step toward her. Surely one kiss was no more than he owed her for the favor she had granted him. Medea, too, spread her arms, welcoming. Her fingers touched his. Outside there was a clatter of metal against stone. The king's outriders burst into the room. Your chariot, my lord! The horses are bolting. We couldn't hold them, sir. They're out of hand. Aegeus ran outside to quiet his horses. They steadied at once at the sound of his voice, and stood stock still while he wound their long reins once more round his waist. Medea came to the door to wave the king farewell. She was frowning a little.
In his longing to be home, to take his wife in his arms and give her a son, he whipped up the horses and left Medea's pink tower far behind him, dirtied by his flying dust. The sorceress, before she turned to go back inside, stamped her foot angrily and spat on the parched ground. She had meant that son to be hers. It was a long journey from Corinth to Athens, too far by far to travel in one day. Aegeus decided to stay the night at the house of an old friend in the village of Trozen. He was happy to the point of foolishness, hugging the servants and throwing his arms round his friend. Do you know what, Pythias? Shall I tell you the most wonderful thing? No, it would be wrong to speak of it.